the free for all roundtable brought to you by lexus avon canada's newest lexus dealer near canada's wonderland in the maple auto mall luxury is closer than you think round one on round one today tim hudak is here former leader of ontario's conservatives now at the ontario real estate association mark warner is an international trade lawyer tamara cherry with pickup communications author of the book the trauma beat nice to have you all let's start with the dry stuff we had the fall economic statement or as i was informed yesterday it's now called the fes or the fess i guess it has to have a nickname um tim hudak i'll let you take this in any direction you're a uh, former politician but also an economist so uh what did you see well, I think the message I put the uh, the politician hat on is uh, they're doing something about uh, housing. So certainly some initiatives that uh, the Ontario Real Estate Association has pressed for, like uh, getting some more purpose-built rentals built and allowing people when they're renewing their mortgages not to have to go through an additional stress test. That's good. There wasn't much done for, uh, in fact, anything done really for owned homes in the budget. That was a miss. And then throw the economist hat on spending. John, I, I worry about the level of spending. There's that old expression, you know, there's nothing more permanent than a temporary government program, and I'm very much worried that the COVID spending increases have now been baked in permanently. We increased spending again this year, and that means as interest rates rise, more and more of your tax dollars are being paid into interest payments, not to things like health care or transportation or national defense. Mark Warner, when you look at the bottom line, it makes one nostalgic for that promise of three modest $10 billion deficits. Yeah, that's that's for sure. I mean, you know, lots of things to watch in there. I mean, one of the things I guess is the the expanding uh, what they what they, the financial piece that they did uh, provide was that the um, the charges, the debt payment, the debt charges that we pay are expanding, and I think are now a larger line item than than healthcare. If I'm not mistaken, federal. I'm not transfers. sure if it outstrips healthcare, but I think it is the third envelope. Yeah. So that's quite huge. I mean, these are the things to look at. A lot of times you see people writing in the newspapers uh, saying, oh, it's not a big deal. We have a lower debt to GDP ratio than the United States. What's the big deal? What's the big deal? Well, that is the big deal for a country that doesn't have a reserve currency is when you start seeing some of these things uh, climb. And as Tim has pointed out, you also we've seen a lot of spending. We've seen, uh, I think, still fairly highly taxed relative to the United States, which affects the mobility of people whether folks like that or not. So, look, there's a lot to dig in here. There's a lot of technical uh, wonky stuff for people like me on competition policy that at yeah. some point today I'll look at. Um, you know, I kind of long for the days when we had a meaningful budget and, uh, and it wasn't just a communications exercise. And so now we have two communications exercises. Now this fall economic statements, and you really have to dig in. There's a lot of aspirational stuff in there that really has nothing to do with concrete policies that anyone could see uh, coming into place between uh, what November and the budget next March. Which, at any rate, I mean, it's like having a, a multiple throne speeches throughout the year. <laughs> yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So, so uh, I'll look into it in more detail today, later today. But right now, you know, we all are reacting, frankly, to press release. Um, you know, it's a, it's a packaged communications piece by the government, and I think people should look at it that way. Okay, and Tamara Cherry, it suggests maybe they've been watching Pat Foran because there's all kinds of consumer <laughs> activism in this particular statement. Everybody should always be watching Pat Foran, John. <laughs> uh, big shout out to my friend Pat. Um, yeah, I mean, absolutely, especially nowadays when everybody seems to be feeling the pinch of rising interest rates and inflation at the grocery store and all that fun stuff. Um, Yes, I mean, consumer reports, consumer alert 
that should be uh, number one on their dial. But I, I agree with everything that was said before, um, especially with Mark's comments that we're just reading a bunch of press releases. Um, I didn't see anything in here that was, you know, earth shaking or earth shattering. But clearly the government is feeling the pinch of rising interest rates just like we are, because that plays a big part in why our debt uh, payments are so high. There is an account today in the Star of a letter that uh, some 2,000 Jewish parents have signed and sent to the education minister, who will incidentally join us at 835. But it's about the current environment in schools and how Jewish kids are being harassed with everything from Nazi salutes to Hitler quotes. Uh, Mark Warner, how concerning is that? Well, I think it is concerning if it's true. I mean, obviously, those are the sorts of things that really are anti-Semitic and, and not some of them, you know, miscastizing definition of anti-Semitism that goes into criticizing anything to do with Israel. So, you know, if they keep on this sort of fair, then I think that's the kind of thing that people should condemn under the hate laws and, and should have programs. My, my fear is, of course, that I'm, I'm honestly tell you, I'm just at a point that I tune a lot of this out because of the definitions that are being used that, and if you can't link it back to something like this, then frankly, uh, I, I'm not interested in hearing the latest uh, criticism of Israel being called anti-Semitic. This, if this is true, and if this is the bulk of what we're hearing, uh, then I think that that's something people should act on. But I don't want to say concern about that being used to shut down legitimate debate about a country that's you know, basically um, clearing uh, the other jurisdiction into rubble. Tamara Cherry, your thoughts? Um, totally disagree, Mark. Um, I, I agree on the premise of what you're saying in that, you know, there's been a lot of shades of gray, but what we're talking about are Nazi salutes, swastikas on bus windows, uh, anti-Semitic graffiti, Jewish stars being put on the desks of Jewish students to identify them. And honestly, I am very sadly not surprised by this. Um, so with social media and, and like TikTok in particular and different challenges that teens have in recent years, we saw, um, I don't remember exactly what the challenge was called, but in recent years, basically teenagers were posting videos of themselves pretending to be Holocaust victims and you know putting like soot on their faces to make it look like they had just been in a gas chamber it is deplorable the level of education in our young people right now in in terms of one of the one of the biggest moments in our history and one of the most shameful moments in our history uh the ontario government just recently put holocaust education as mandatory learning in um i think it was the elementary curriculum and then and then even more recently with uh, high school curriculum, strengthening that. And it is needed. There was a study, I think it was last year or the year before, that showed, I believe it was a third of young people disputed at least some of the facts around the Holocaust, whether it was that numbers had been embellished and the number of Jews that had been murdered or that the Holocaust even happened. Um, I think this is definitely a reflection of our education system and how far we still have to go in educating our young people around things that are serious and not just TikTok, um, you know, reels or whatever kids call those TikTok videos. Tim Hudak, I think a lot of this stuff can be nipped in the bud, although probably it's beyond the bud by now, because a lot of these kids probably don't even know what they're doing. 
It, it, it could be, but I, I think some very well do know. I, I, I see this as absolutely heartbreaking that this could happen in, in Canada. It makes me angry at the same time, whether, whether it's stars of David painted on businesses, boycotts because the owners happen to be Jewish. It's terrifying, and there's no doubt this behavior repeated in school. So I look forward to Minister Lecce's comments later on this morning. I appreciate what Tamara said about putting it into the curriculum and reinforcing. It's, it's, it's shocking that people either don't know or deny the Holocaust happened in our schools. And let's see school boards, the weakest form of government imaginable, actually show some spine, stand up these incidences and, and make an example of the ones they come across to, as you said, John, nip it in the bud and shut it down. Grocery. John, can I say one, yeah, can I say one thing? Because my understanding is the Holocaust is taught in the curriculum. The issue from Benai Brith which is, of course, the, one of these Jewish lobbies that that's out there a lot on these issues, is that they think it should be taught separately from other conversations of genocide. Now, you know, this is the kind of thing that concerns me. We live in a multicultural society, and I understand, and, and I, you know, sort of understand that this is a, a view of many Jewish people that there's something particular about that Holocaust. But to ask a child from Cambodia to listen to that Holocaust and not discuss theirs is, I think, a fraught exercise, and. Uh, Ditto for people coming from Rwanda who may be in classes. So, yes, in the moment, we're very upset. And yes, I understand that there's a long time agenda of the Jewish community uh, to many, some, I don't even want to generalize because many don't agree with this stuff, to sort of assert that there is something central and exceptional about that Holocaust and nobody else's. I think what we're doing now, oh. teaching the Holocaust in connection with other acts of genocide, is the appropriate way to do it. Wait, 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 wait. But from my understanding, the Holocaust wasn't specifically in the curriculum. Yes, if they're teaching about genocide, then they can pick and choose what they're talking about. There's all sorts of things that we should be learning about. But don't say, Mark, that in the moment we're very upset. Of course, people are very upset about many things in this moment. But anti-Semitism has been on the sure. rise for many years. Well, and I don't know. I don't like, know I'm, not, I'm not even I, I'm thinking. I'm 59 no. years old. I think well, I've I'm seen anti-Semitism. I said anti-Semitism in Canada, Canada for a long time. So I'm not sure it's on the rise. Okay, but whatever. I do think we fine, teach, fine. I think it we hasn't gone genocide. away. We haven't been teaching enough. Well, I think we should right. teach genocide too, but I think that we have absolutely seen disturbing things, in particular on social media with kids, where, that have been illustrative of how deplorable our education is around this very significant. Yeah, people dressed up as slaves. People dressed up as slaves when I was in high school. So I mean, give me a break. Let, let's. let's Okay. So, so, John, what what this does, and sure, Minister Lecce can can talk more about it, but it does bring it into the elementary school curriculum from five to eight. It does exist in high school. Remember, my daughter and I talked about it when she was in grade ten. It links it more to extremism, like fascism, extreme political movements in ten. But it does inject more education at a younger grade, and good for the minister for doing so. Uh, grocers say they're going to stabilize food prices, and actually, Mark, let me start with you because you are the trade lawyer here. This is kind of an empty promise. It's something they do every year at this time anyway yeah it, it, it is symbolic they do some of it um they, they sort of freeze it for for the relationships with suppliers i mean this whole thing again is another communications exercise i mean the government has, has acknowledged that canadians are concerned about inflation concerned about prices and they're trying to be seen to be doing things by calling them in you know the grocers into the into the stores but when you get down to it there's not much they can really do they're talking in some ways about reforming competition laws things that will take in that may go into effect a couple of years from now and that may have some effect i don't think much in actual enforcement of anything so again um this is politics by press releases i i i i, I don't personally like this form of politics at all
Uh, Tim Hudak, it's no wonder that Canadians suspect that they're getting hosed at the grocery store because the input costs have been coming down, but the uh, the actual retail prices haven't. Yeah, that's an excellent point. I think the more we can shine the light on, on big grocery, especially the dominance of the top three chains, the more governments can use what Theodore Roosevelt called the bully pulpit to put pressure and focus, the better. And I just want to continue to say the one of the underlying drivers, so are our marketing boards, which allows certain, not all, agricultural products to fix prices. It doesn't drive down costs at all. So whether that's, you know, milk, dairy, poultry, et cetera. And I'm surprised that something created in the late 1960s that drives up costs is still around live and kicking 60 years later. Well, I don't know if I'd call it a third rail, but it's something, I mean, Maxime Bernier is the only guy who talks about it. Yeah, that's a fair comment, right? I mean, that's my, my, my party, conservative party, usually more in terms of uh, competition and free uh, markets. I still think this will change at some point in time. But because it is a limited number of voters in certain ridings, it continues to survive. But I do think it's an anachronism that costs average families a lot of money at the end of the year. Thank you all. Good to have you today. Tim Hudak, Tamara Cherry, and Mark Warner. Lively discussion. Catch the Roundtable, round one at 745, round two at 845. Weekday mornings on More in the Morning. News Talk 1010 Toronto.